Hey guys, you are listening to Let's Pause with Nui and your girl Lola. So we're going to be talking about all things love, life, right through to entrepreneurship and popular culture. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Let's Pause. Hi, good evening, good morning, good day, wherever you are around the world. Thank you guys for joining us today. How are you doing, Nui? What's been happening? Do you know what? It's been an actually, it's been a busy weekend. I was actually... um, at fireworks a fireworks yeah. display at um my daughter's school this weekend it was yeah it was really nice quite yeah. cold but it was fun some spectacular fireworks mm. that kept us entertained um there was a fun fair um i just realized you know how scared of rides but <laughs> 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 do you know what i think as you get older you just lose that that risk that kind of you know risk taking oh let me you know go on a fast ride because I had quite a few um funfair rides and I was just staying away from it um, yeah kind of being all scared when I uh, when I was a lot younger I used to be you know just jump on everything in it kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny but yeah because we also went bonfire um not bonfire but fireworks night as well but what yeah. surprised me most because it's been a while since I've been to one is that they do fun fair as well in you know as part of the fireworks so I was just thinking yeah. oh yeah I'm coming down to see some fireworks go off and there I'm like some rides as well is that all part of, is that is that a new thing now but bloody hell oh, yeah that's, I think so I've, yeah, I've, it's been a while since I've been to, you know, any bonfire night event. It's been a long Ooh. time. <laughs> I don't go out on November the 5th or, you know, I'm always stuck indoors, hustling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it is a new thing. It because, is a new um, thing, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember it being this. It was just normally a, a nice, you know, just a field with a bunch of people and some fireworks just going off. I don't remember the whole shebang they do yeah, now. but exactly. But it now was good fun. Happened. Yeah, no, it was good fun, though. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I can't complain. I cannot mm. complain. So, yeah. What about you? You obviously yeah, said that's been as well. What yeah, I did fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Apart from that, I think it's been. Um, oh yeah, because I wanted to. Because you know, I wanted to do blood donation with um, the blood NHS, whatever. So oh, yeah. yeah, I signed up to go and give my blood, as you do. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I got down there, tried to give my blood, and they were like, "Oh, so unfortunately, they can't take my blood." I said, "Why?" They said, "Oh, yeah, because my iron levels are low, so it needs to be a certain number." Mm-hmm. there's a, a certain value before you can actually give blood I was so pissed off you know this oh, is like no. yeah because this is the second time now I've tried to give blood and they're like you know what your blood's not good enough <laughs> so I oh, said to them you God. know what uh, look, just hold it hold there for now unfortunately I don't think I'll be able to give you blood because my lifestyle I ain't got time to eat so how am I going to get my iron levels up <laughs> Well, you need to get some iron tablets. Then. Yeah, I do take it. That's the thing. But it's just, you know, when you're just so busy, you need to, it's not just, it's not just iron tablets, it's also the food you eat. Absolutely. If you, but if you don't have time for salads and whatnot, you know, every day you're I'm not going to get, like, um, you're not getting iron from salads though, Lola. Spinach, you do. You can't, no, you can spinach, get it. Yes, 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 yes exactly. Spinach, yeah. So you need your tomatoes. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I ain't got time to eat. I snack with, on junk food. So there's no way I can get the, those yeah, iron yourself out there i do which is a real shame anyway people make sure you go to blood.co.uk you know go and sign up and sponsor or oh, not sponsor but sign up and go and give some blood yes yeah, sponsor a charity by giving them your blood you know especially yeah, sickle cell society yeah but uh, but yeah no that's been me, me the last few days just chaos up and down but can't give can't complain it's all good 
Yeah, exactly. But gosh, today's podcast, yeah, we have good. a guest. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. So it's not just us. No, not just hearing our boring have... voices. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe your voice is boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got an exciting guest joining us. I'm actually really, really excited because this is actually going to be, a, I think, a really, really good one. Very insightful one. Mm. We have Tukumbo Koiki. Um, who was born in London, spent most of her formative years in the vibrant city of Lagos, Niger. She's um, an experience that shaped her taste buds and approach to life. When not fulfilling her childhood dream of being a social worker in her nine to five, Tukumbo is a self-proclaimed, and she says accidental, and serial entrepreneur. She is the founder of Tukumbo's Kitchen, an award-winning food brand, and styled by Tox which is a personal styling service for creative entrepreneurs. She also hosts the Tukumbo Chronicles, a podcast where she says trans- transformational stories that educate, entertain, and empower her, her audience. And most recently, Tukumbo launched Yami Wura, which is a book club and sub- sub- subscription box celebrating and bringing together Black mums and their kids Tukumbo has a powerful story, and more importantly, she personally believes that everyone else does too, and she's committed to helping people live their authentic truths. Oh, this is amazing. Tukumbo, welcome. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. I am well. I have a little bit of a cold coming up, so if my voice sounds a bit bongy, my apologies, but I'm excited to be here, and thank you for the invitation to be on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Really do appreciate it. So, so just to start off, you know, just tell us a bit more about who, who is talking about. Oh, <laughs> well, it really kind of depends on the time of day and where you catch me. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, um, reading my bio, listening to my bio, sometimes I wonder, like, who is Tukumba? Um so Tukumba actually means somebody that came from over the sea. So as mentioned, I was born here in the UK, but I grew up in Nigeria, Lagos specifically first. Um, came back to London when I was about nine years old and never really acclimatized back to the UK system in terms of the food, the weather, but I'm not going to go into a rant about the weather today. <laughs> um, I, I've always um, I've always had multiple passions and always been interested in lots of different things. I love books. Um, books have like been a big, big part of my life. In fact, I remember growing up, I used to have like, why well, I said the three M's, which were my, like, like my main role models. And that was my mom. Um, naturally the four M's, my mom, Maya Angelou, Martin Lutz, um, Malcolm X and Mandela. And all the, I mean, my mom was just such an inspirational role mother for me. Um, she, my, I sadly lost my dad when I was six months old and I was the fourth child that my mom had. And my mom made so many sacrifice, um, sacrifices for both myself and my siblings to ensure that we had a great life. And, you know, she always led by example. And my mom is what we call in Yoruba Iyaloja, which means she's a market woman. She used to have a, um, a shop in the heart of Lagos selling materials. 
And then when she migrated here to the UK in 1990, um, she wasn't able to travel because she was um, an asylum seeker. And at the time, I remember being about maybe 14. And one day my mom was just like, oh, I'm sending you to the States to do some shopping for me. And, you know, as a, you know, well-behaved African child, I just said, okay. So that kind of became my journey into entre- um, why, why I say I'm an accidental entrepreneur, because, you know, that, in fact, that experience, I didn't really understand the significance of it until maybe about five years ago, I was telling a mentor of mine that, and she was just like, that is incredible. So at the age of 14, 15, I was doing like two, three trips a year, going to New York um, with a couple thousand pounds of money. And this was before the days of, you know, smartphones. And my mom would give me a list of things that she would want me to buy. And I would go into the um, fashion districts in New York and I'd go into the wholesalers and I'll be negotiating with them and buying things that, you know, I'd sell, my mom would sell. And then my friends started learning about my trip. So then they would give me their orders of what they wanted me to buy. <laughs> and I would also be like, oh, this is really, really good things to sell. Um, so that was kind of like how I started in um, business. And then, you know, my mom used to have a shop in London and she also used to do cardboard sales. So I kind of got involved in that. But all the while, I never really saw myself doing a business. I, you know, as a child, I wanted to be a social worker. And so I went to university and went down the career path and, you know, trained to become a social worker, qualified in 2009. Um, but even before going into social work, I'd already worked in social care and I was already disillusioned with that career choice. So all the while, I always had what is now called a side osu. So I was like going to Nigeria, buying and selling things in Nigeria and just always having, you know, something that I was always doing. And I, in fact, even whilst I was working as a social worker, I had lost lots of business ideas that I wanted to do within that field and within that setting. And I would always write down my ideas. And, and so it was that in, um, in 2000, and I moved back to Nigeria as an adult in 2010 and lived there for about 18 months, which is a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was definitely a life-changing moment for me because I learned so much about myself. Um, and also it was, um, it was me trying to find my passion and zest for life again, because I, you know, my marriage had broken down shortly before we, um, I moved back to Nigeria and I, you know, when I moved back with my young daughter, um, had a very, very traumatic um, accident in Nigeria. So I came back to the UK and then a year later, I moved to the US and I lived in Washington, DC for a year. And I always feel like that was the trip that how Tukumba got her groove back. Um, and also that was the trip where the seeds got planted for what then became Tukumba's Kitchen. Um, in DC at the time, this was in 2013, um, they had this incredible food truck culture where you could literally eat around the world. And I used to see these food trucks on my way to work in the mornings and then they would be there then at the lunchtime. And I always said to my friends, you know, if I ever lived here, this is the kind of thing I would do, not knowing that I would come back to the UK and do exactly that two years later. <laughs> um, but also food was the way I connected and made amazing friendships and connections with people. I remember one of my best friends now meeting her like a few days after I had got to DC and we went to go watch 
the African Cup of Nations final at a Ghanaian restaurant that then became like our main hangout spot. Um, so like my old, when I look back and reflected on how that year was in DC, food played a big, big part of how I, you know, I used to have dinner parties and invite people to um, the flat and cook for them, but also just going out to eat, going to brunches. And so for me, food was a way of bringing people together. And so it was that when I came back to the UK, I was still on this self-discovery journey of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, ended up back in social care and was just completely demoralized by the job that I was doing. And so in 2014, I completely resigned and I was like, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to take time out to figure it out. Um, and then the next summer, I remember going to a festival and I was going to see Femi Kuti perform and I queued up for almost two hours waiting for jerk chicken to be ready. <laughs> And I just thought, this is ridiculous. In Nigeria, the most you wait for street food is, what, 15 minutes at the most. And I just went home that evening and I Googled how to start a street food business. Um, I remembered I'd gone to another festival the year before called Africa Utopia. That was an annual festival that took place at South Bank. And so I reached out to the organizers and I was like, hey, I'm interested in starting a food business, doing Ivanis Food Store. And six weeks later, from my going to that festival, I was then running to Kuba's Kitchen at um, Africa Utopia Festival in the South Bank. Wow. wow. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. <laughs> Your journey is amazing. It's, Thank it's, you. It's amazing. I think what, um, so, you know, you had to go through certain things, obviously, to get to where you need to get to, basically. And but the way you decide, I think yours, I would like to say yours was kind of like, what's the word, the fancy word I want to use? It was kind of like designed in a way, but you were really expected to be designed that way for you because you're just moving along, aren't you? But it somehow kind of like brings you towards that purpose for what you're meant to be doing anyway. But the, the journey, it took you there. It was not the, the way you would expect, you know, going to Nigeria, going to the US. It, it's amazing. So what kind yeah. of like really triggered, what would you say was that thing behind the, the back of your mind really like, you know, just do it, just take that risk, just take that chance? Because it takes a lot of guts to do that, I would say. Um, I think even as a child, um, I think, you know, losing my dad at an, such an early age definitely had a profound effect on me and had a profound impact on me. And mm. it always made me conscious of how fragile life is. And so for me, um, I think as a child, I was always, you know, the person that would just be like, I'm just going to do it. Like, what have I got to lose? And I think also being a Scorpion definitely plays a big part in that. Um, <laughs> I think I definitely have a lot of the strong Scorpio traits in terms of just, you know, I've been told so many times that I'm fearless and I guess sometimes I can be. Um, but in, like I said, I always just think to myself, what's the possible worst that can happen in my mm. mind? The worst possible thing that could have happened to me has happened so many times and in so many different ways. And like you said, you know, life. Um, in fact, I think my marriage breaking down also played a significant part in my decision, the kind of choices that I made. And I remember a couple of years ago reflecting and realizing that for the decade of my 30s I was operating from a place of you know from no from about 27 to about 37 
I was operating from a place of pain. So the decision, so even going back to Nigeria, as much as that was something I wanted to do and I'd been talking about doing, and we'd also talked about going back to Africa together, even though he's not from Nigeria himself. Um, the way I went to Nigeria was me running away from the pain of my marriage breaking down. Um, and then going to America was again, me just trying to like run away from my reality. And I think, and it took me about 10 years. So when I got to the place where I was reflecting on that and I was going to counseling and talking about this with my therapist, I decided that I wanted to reclaim. And actually it was a coach that asked me a question that really impacted me. And he said, is the life that you're living one that has been chosen for you or one that you've chosen for yourself? And that was when I started mm. reflecting and realizing that I was making all these choices that was based on pain and so I decided to flip it and I decided that I was going to be about joy so if it wasn't resonating joy for me then I wasn't going to do it so whether it's in my career my personal life as a mother as just me showing up as my authentic self I think also for a very long time because like I said I was as a child you know I remember being in school I was very loud and very boisterous and you know and for a while you know that used to be I used to feel like I needed to apologize for that and I needed to kind of dim myself and I also always knew that my future was very bright I knew that I was quite intelligent and I knew that I was hardworking, and that scared people so I would try to compatibilize myself to be more amenable to what people expected of a black woman and after a few years I, mean, I think probably by like my mid thirties, I was just like, you know what? I have zero fucks to give. This is me (laughs) and you're going to deal. Wow. Amazing. I love this whole kind of, you know, this resilience that you've, you found even, you know, in the face of adversity, you know, you talk about like, obviously your marriage breaking down and, you know, just, and you also mentioned an accident and, you know, like really kind of, you know, really traumatic, um, you know, and sad events, but it's almost, you know, you have that, you know, desire and courage, you know, to pull through and doing all the self-exploration and, you know, just really sitting with yourself and thinking, what is it that, you know, I really, really want to do? So it sounds like entrepreneurship is just in your DNA and in your blood, because you said, what, as young as 14, you were in, you were buying things in New York. Were, Were you that young? Yes, absolutely. And, wow. and it's interesting that you talked about resilience because actually just remembering my first business limited company was actually called Resilient Limited. Wow. Um, and, and I think also, you know, having studied psychology, that definitely also helped me to develop the resilience. I always tell people I, Ayala Vanser, fixed my own life <laughs> in terms of, you know, I used to do the work. I used to read Love all the, yeah. yeah, I used to read all her books and, you yeah. know, the meditation. I did a lot of self, you know, reflection. Yeah. And even as a social worker, you know, that's part of, you know, the work that we do. You know, we are always constantly reflecting on our practice. And I think that I incorporated into my life and definitely having that early experience of, like I said, you know, like I said, Going to New York, I mean, I didn't think that was such a significant thing um, until about five years ago. But in, when I then look back on it, like that ability to be able to, because I remember the first trip I was staying, my family were then living in Brooklyn. And I don't know if you ladies have ever been to New York, but the New York subway system it's is a mess. <laughs> it's, well, I was trying to be a little bit more politically correct, but mess. Yes, I love you, New York, but hey, your exactly. system. I absolutely love New York, but <laughs> that subway system is another one. And I remember oh, my no. first 
the first trip, my auntie took me out. And then the next day she woke me up and she gave me a Metro card. And she was like, this is how you get on the train from Brooklyn <laughs> to Manhattan. Mm. And in my mind, I was like, huh? But obviously, <laughs> you know, being a well-behaved African child, I was like, okay, auntie. And I took the directions. And again, like I said, you know, there was no smartphone. So there was no way I could even call anybody to say oh I'm lost or how do I get to this so I very quickly had to just learn to make those trips and again you know going to the wholesalers and being able to negotiate with adults about what I was buying and having that you know thing it definitely really shaped who I became Um, and so I think you know that's why I said you know my mom was my first role model because I learned all of that from her and I think if my mom didn't try as hard as she did in terms of you know she was in a country where she had to do very menial jobs and for her she knew that that was not going to be enough for her to survive and raise four children so then the next best thing was you know sending her child because I was her only child that you know, my mom used to call me Thatcher baby because I was born in like 81, just before Margaret Thatcher changed the law. So I had my citizenship. So she made use of all the resources that she had at her disposal, which mm. at the time was having a child who had a British passport when she wasn't able to travel herself. Mm. Wow. Wow. That is, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So obviously, so you've got obviously Tukumbo's kitchen, You've got Styled by Talks, which is this. So it's a personal styling service for creative entrepreneurs. How, yes. how does that work? What's um, for creative entrepreneurs? So what? So um, basically, um, because like I said, during the trip that I was making to the US, I kind of developed a natural high for fashion. Um, interesting enough for me, I'm not a fashionista that's like into like the latest, who's the like renowned designers out there. But what I do love is how clothes and style make you feel. And I think also having studied psychology and understanding the psychology of color, um, being able to put all of that together so for me I truly believe that style is more than just clothing you know it's a reflection of your personality your history but it's also a statement about the person that you aspire to be um Mm. so I turned 40 um a week ago and I had this dress that I bought I mean yellow is my favorite color it's actually it's it's more like an obsession for me now because it I just love the vibrancy of yellow and I love how good it feels when I'm wearing it or when I see it around and I had this dress that I bought for my birthday and but then the following so my birthday was the 27th but then I was doing I was asked to um prepare make food for an event at the London Stock Exchange on the 28th so initially I had planned to like take my birthday off and I wasn't going to work and then obviously when the London Stock Exchange calls you you don't really say no you don't say no so um and you know I was working with um, my partner who's also a chef and you know he helped out with the cooking and so for the first time I was able to you know I didn't have to show up as a chef I just thought you know what I'm gonna wear my birthday dress it's a networking event and I'm just going to show up as my authentic self, as the Tukumba that I am in terms of, you know, you know, my hair was done. I had my clothes. I was feeling good. And I met this incredible woman who is going to be my new mentor. And, you know, we exchanged details and she just sent me a LinkedIn this night. She said, you know, you were you were a ray of sunshine, literally. 
And that to me is the message that I want my style to convey. And I love that that she picked up on that in terms of she picked up that on, on my energy. And that's what styling does. So for me, I help, you know, um, creative entrepreneurs. And when I say creative entrepreneurs, I mean, people like myself who, you know, we might not, we might be full-time or part-time entrepreneurs, but we're very creative in anything that we do. Um, I also work with career and business professionals who just work in, you know, nine to five, but I help them, you know, with giving them the tools to help them recharge their style and confidence as they transition careers or they launch that side also. So I've worked with a you know, a friend of mine who is a director at Mars, um, who then launched a coaching business last year. Um, and again, you know, giving her the confidence and the tools to be able to, you know, show up as her authentic self allowed her to branch out from more than what she'd always known. And that's just how, you know, styling was. And I think for me, I'd always, because I'd always done styling informally, um it was about actually, well, you started at 14 it, so you've got you've got that you know you went out hustling in new york the, the fashion capital while it was now yes, exactly. the fashion capital of the world so you know you went out there learning your craft I ended up there. yeah so and also yeah. in lagos i mean the style of course, in lagos absolutely. is phenomenal mm. so the, mm. the the experience of going to lagos living in lagos you know selling to people in lagos and also being able to kind of like get to know my clients and get to know but also really helping to push them out of their comfort zone because i think a lot of times people get stuck in this is who I am and this is all I know. And I just give them that confidence. So, for, you know, I had a client who only ever wore black. And I told her, I said, you know, we're going to get you into a more colorful life. And she was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. And, you know, we went shopping together and I showed her, you know, the um, the color that works well for her skin tone. And within a year, less than six months of working together, she took half of her wardrobe that was just black and gray and donated to charity and suddenly started buying, you know, vibrant clothes that made her come alive and really showed up for herself. Um, and so that's, you know, what styling has given me. And um, so, yeah, interesting enough, when I started to Kumba's Kitchen, I was actually planning on starting a personal shopping styling business. And that's, what, that's another reason why I say I'm an accidental entrepreneur, because the Compass Kitchen was not something that I intentionally set out to do. It was just so happened that I'm really good at cooking mm-hmm. and I'm also very good at business. And then when the opportunity came up, I was like, OK, let me do this. Um, but styling is something I've always wanted to do. And so um, last year during the pandemic, I actually completed my um um, I became an accredited style coach, so graduating from the London College of Style, um, and using that with my psychology background, that's why I'm, you know, working with business professionals and entrepreneurs, because, you know, for me, I always tell people, you know, if, as you, people make judgments about you within three seconds of meeting you, that's a, you know, that's a proven fact, and how you show up for any event that you're doing, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a professional, you're conveying a message to people. So what is that message that you want to give um, people? What is what is the takeaway that you want? I, um, I also work, I work with women and men. And I worked with a um, client who, you know, he wanted to be seen as, you know, he, he helps people to launch businesses. And for me, I said, well, if you're 
showing up for your client you want them to look at you and believe that you're somebody that knows about business and you're you know you look confident and you feel confident and you know working with him we were able to completely rebrand himself to the point where he went from charging people 300 pound for a session to 1500 pound for a consultation wow that is amazing (laughs) wow yeah that is amazing but yeah I completely yeah I think me personally when it's so you know clothes and just what you wear it really does you know change your mood and even absolutely you know just I my color for me anyway is red absolutely love red I used to you know shy away from it and run away from it but obviously has a you know get you get older and stuff I thought no forget it I'm 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 going for it and whenever I put my my red dress on or my red yeah. jacket on I'm just like yeah <laughs> you feel unstoppable <laughs> so yeah no clothes is so important I love that and then moving on to your your kind of your newest your newest um business Yanivura which yes. is book club and subscription box I Which love the is, name, by the way. I think it's so sweet. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> Thank you. How's that? So, you know that Europe, that Yoruba thing. What is it? You know there's some Yoruba words that just excite you. <laughs> Yanniwura. Yes. That's Ooh. that kind of yeah, it has it's got that vibe to it. What does it mean? So Yanniwura is Yoruba and it means mother is as precious as gold. Oh so it's actually a like a um children's um um what's the word I'm looking for like a song that I sang and it's just really conveying how precious moms are mm-hmm. and so for me you know yeah Yanabura I tell people this is my biggest most exciting passion project that I turned into a business because I love books um books have shaped and defined the woman that I've become since I was very very young and so you know I've always read in fact I my bed frame that I bought, I bought specifically because it allows me to have so many books. Um, I have books all over. And for me, um, last year during the lockdown, I remember reading Girl, Woman, Order by Bernadine Evaristo. And this was the first book in, I would say, forever that I read that I could recognize myself. I could recognize, you know, other women that I'd grown up with. And so I wanted the opportunity to discuss this book. And so I reached out to other moms in the Dope Black Mom WhatsApp group that I'm a member in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, has anybody else read this book? We'd love to discuss it. And then from there, we started a book club. So we started a WhatsApp um, group. And over the last 18 months, 19 months now, um, we've read, yeah, we've read 19 books. Wow. All curated by myself and we were during the lockdown we were literally meeting every week um, because again I recognized that a lot of the moms you know weren't always necessarily making time for themselves to read so to encourage them I would come up with a schedule that allowed you to read to a certain part and then would have a discussion on a weekly basis up to the part that we discussed and then at the end of the month would have a overall discussion about the entire book um, I invited some um authors that I'm acquainted with so we had Dorothy Cumson join our conversation oh, we wow. had Sarita D'Amigo yeah we've had about five authors so far um, because again one of the things that I believe and I think one of the things that's really helped me as an entrepreneur is you know I always tell people if you don't ask you don't get mm. um, 
and so it was that in the summer I started working on you know the idea came to me about you know having a subscription box because I was like well this would be a really great way to encourage you know moms children and it's not just aimed at mom even though you know the the book club is for moms mm-hmm. the book box itself is aimed for black women because I think you know reading is self-care reading is yes. a way that you get to discover untold stories about yourself and also you discover new possibilities of what could be for yourself yeah and so I wanted an easy way to be able to for moms and other women to be able to access that and obviously the subscription model is something that has really blown up in the last couple of years and again I reached out to one of the publishers that was you know sending us books over the summer and I said you know would love to partner with you guys I'm thinking about starting the subscription box and they jumped on me and that's how you know Iyanawura um, began. Yes you know it's a combat. I just love that you know what you're wearing so many hats you're juggling it all what would you say what advice would you give for anyone who just wants to like you know what branch out and start something and what advice would you feel that is you know really valuable that you could could give to you know a listener who's just thinking I really want to I really want to start something I want to start a business I don't know how I would say um just get started um use the resources that you have currently like don't wait until it's perfect when I look back to when I started Tokuba's Kitchen and all the things that I didn't even know that I didn't even know. Um, but one thing that I really good and, you know, one of the things I would advise people is ask other people. There are so many people who are already doing what you want to do. Um, Google is an incredible resource, although sometimes it can feel overwhelming with, you know, the amount of information that's out there. But if you fine tune what you're looking for, so like example, when I started my food business, I just Googled out to start a street food business. I was very specific in knowing what I wanted to do. And I followed the step-by-step instructions that I came across. But then I also reached out to other people. I reached out to my competitors. I went to do, I did a lot of market research. So for the food business, I actually went into the markets, food markets, <clears throat> lots of different food markets across London, festivals. And I took pictures and I asked questions. Um, the same thing with my styling. I, you know, as much as I knew that I had a natural flair, for um, styling I also went to do a course to make sure that I solidified what I um, instinctively knew with the theory Um, similarly when I was launching the Yanibura book um, box I bought other book boxes I wanted to see what the experience felt like getting a book box how does you know what have other people put in their boxes how does a box arrive so they you know doing a market research but yeah. more importantly, is just get started because I think a lot of people are waiting till I have the perfect website, or I have the perfect logo, and all of that will happen. And it's okay to get started and rebrand. Tokumba's Kitchen has actually gone through so many rebrands over the last six years, and for me, I'm at the point in my business now where I'm actually saying no to business just because I'm no longer where I was six years ago. But at the same time, if I didn't get started six years ago, there's no way I would be in a position to be saying, oh, I've worked with, you know, London Stock Exchange Group or I've partnered with Facebook or Google. So it's essentially, you know, get started, use the resources where you you have and don't be afraid to ask people for support. Don't be afraid to ask people things that you don't know, because the worst somebody can say is no. And then you just have to know that that's not the person for you and you keep going and find the tribe of people that will support you. 
So to combo, you're obviously, you know, juggling many hats and, you know, you have all your businesses. Where can people, you know, um, find you? Obviously, you've got Tacumbo's Kitchen, Styled by Tox. Where can, you know, people reach out to you? Um, so the best place to find me is on my tokumbokweki.com website. So that is T-O-K-U-N-B-O-K-O-I-K-I.com. And that would then lead you to the various things that I do. So um, you can follow my styling journey at Styled by Talks. That's S-T-Y-L-E-D-B-Y-T-O-K-S. Um, you can also find, follow me on my main um, Instagram page, which is Tokumbo, T-O-K-U-N-B-O dot K-O-I-K-I. Um, I also do have a podcast, the Tokumbo Chronicles, um, which I am hoping to revive very, very soon. Again, I took a little bit of a pause because, yeah, <laughs> there's only so many things that I can do at once. <laughs> you got a pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. giving it all. How do you yeah. even find the time? No, you do it so. It's amazing. Superwoman. Thank you. Um, I think one thing I've definitely learned to be very, very good at is to compactualize the things that I'm doing at any given time. So, you know, in my nine to five, obviously I'm a social worker and, you know, thankfully I am working from home, which has also really helped me to have the space and opportunity to be able to work on, you know, the various things that I'm doing. Um, but it's because I love them all. You know, I love the work that I do as a social worker. I love the impact that I'm able to make in the lives of the families and the patients that I'm supporting. I love seeing the transformational impacts of my styling on clients. Um, I really enjoy having guests eat the food that I've cooked. And, you know, I had the dinner party for my birthday and one of my friends was so you know, blown away by the other guests that she met, that she actually made a decision. Don't to tell me, to uni. don't tell me that you cooked your own food for your own dinner party. <laughs> do you know what? I kind of do, birthday. but I did it. Like, don't, don't, you must not do that to yourself. Did you do that? Do, do you know what? To, to be honest, it was, um, I, I, so like I said, um, because the dinner party was the day after the London Stock Exchange event, so I had a lot of food that was left over. So all <laughs> I had to cook was the jollof rice. So oh, okay. <laughs> the way I didn't cook. But I also didn't want to do the all going out and just, mm. you know, I just wanted to do something that I knew would be fun and something that mm. I would enjoy. And, you know, like, yeah, my friend is now going to uni and thinking about becoming an art therapist. And she had that light bulb moment at my dinner table. So that's the impact that I love about what I do, because, you know, mm. I know that my events are not just about food. It brings people together. People make incredible connections. You know, there's even a potential love story that's coming out from that dinner party. So wow. just, I love, you know, being able to make the time. <laughs> and I think when people say, you know, how do you find the time? You make time for what's important for you. Yeah, that's true. And when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. So, you know, mm. like people pay me to go shopping with them. That's like, come on, son, <laughs> you pay me to do what I love to do. Mm. And, you know, and as much as I don't particularly enjoy cooking, I, like I said, I love to see the end result. And I love what cooking has allowed me to do in terms of, you know, just being able to grow this incredible brand. And also it's about legacy. You know, I remember when I started talking about kitchen, a friend asking me, you know, what is, what is the reason? What's your why? And I said, it's the legacy. It's, you know, my daughter being able to see her mom doing 
everything and doing it all well and mm. knowing that that is going to hopefully make her life even more open because she now has a blueprint I feel like I took what my mom gave me and I've expanded on it for her and hopefully she's going to now be able to expand on that and even create an even more exciting life for herself fantastic oh thank you so much Sokumba for joining us today we've had an incredible time just you know hearing your story your journey and we, there is no guarantee you know there's a there's, there's a guarantee that you know the audience out there will be inspired by you know what you've shared so thank you so much for, for you know for joining us today thank you so much for inviting me